The game is never over until the final whistle. Though some games end without any drama, we'll never forget those last-second heroics. Well, we have the player who delivered one of the greatest plays in college football history right here. It's time for the College Football Legends Podcast. The players. We're going to hit somebody and we're taking down the field. Protect them. I guarantee you that. The coaches. No man is more important than the team. No coach is more important than the team. The plays. There goes Davis. Oh, my God. Davis is going to run it all the way back. And so much more. College Football Legends. Heroes come and go, but legends live forever. Believe in College Football Legends on the Believe Podcast Network. I'm Chris Smith. The Super Bowl is here, and you can get in on all the action at betonline.ag. Tom Terrific and Tampa Bay get some home cooking as they are the first team in history to play on their home field. The Bucks are underdogs to a Kansas City team that is looking for back-to-back titles for the first time in almost two decades. BetOnline has hundreds of props on the game, including game MVP, margin of victory, and even the length of the national anthem. Look, it's always available online or on your mobile device, so visit BetOnline today. It's the only place to go. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. The Michigan State football program boasts six national championships, 11 conference titles, and stellar Big Ten rivalries. But one stands above the rest, the showdown with in-state foe, the Michigan Wolverines. It's so special, it even has its own hardware. The winner nabs the Paul Bunyan Governor of Michigan Trophy. A four-foot wooden statue of a lumberjack that was first presented in 1953, the year the Spartans began competition as a member of the Big Ten Conference. But one game stands out between these bitter rivals that still lives on in college football lore. It was October 17, 2015, as an undefeated 7th-ranked Spartan squad headed to the Big House to take on the 12th-ranked Wolverines. This was also the first meeting of Mark D'Antonio and first-year head coach Jim Harbaugh. Michigan led the entire game and were up 23-21 with 10 seconds remaining. All the Wolverines needed to do was punt and secure the win. O'Neal's been terrific with the rugby-style punts. But you have to be careful here, make sure the snap's on target. But you can't t- allow a block, and I, there's nobody back deep for Michigan yep. State. I was going to say, you might want to kick it out of bounds to prevent a return, but with nobody back there, just kick it down the field. Tell your punter to one-step it. Don't take your normal steps. One-step it, get it out. Whoa, he has trouble with the snap, and the ball is free! It's picked up by Michigan State's Jalen Watts-Jackson, and he scores! ESPN Sean McDonough with the call. It was the play heard around the world as Michigan State came away with the victory 27-23. And no one better to talk about that fantastic finish than my special guest on the show, Michigan State legend Jalen Watch Jackson, hero of one of the greatest plays in college football history. Thanks for joining me, Jalen. Uh, no problem. Thanks for having me, man. So you come out of Orchard Lake, St. Mary's in Michigan as one of the top backs in the nation and one of the top seniors in the state. Your name, first team, All-State, All-Catholic League selection. Played a little wide receiver and punt returner as well. What was your recruiting like? Um, my recruiting was pretty brief. Uh, I originally was not, you know, going out to a lot of camps and, you know, doing a lot of seven-on-seven. Seven. I kind of just gave it all up to my high school film and my high school performance to kind of put my name out there. Uh, once I did kind of get into camps, I think I went to the Michigan State camp and was offered, and I think that, that pretty much closed down my, my recruitment after that. 
So it was Spartans all the way, right from the get-go. Yeah, pretty much for the most part, yes, sir. Uh, so you make your way to East Lansing, red shirt in 2014, and the Spartans go 11-2, and including a Cotton Bowl victory over Baylor. How tough was it to sit, and what did you learn that year? It was a tough year to sit. However, uh, I kind of knew that it was a year I needed uh, as far as development, um, learning the game, you know, developing a little bit better of a football IQ. And then as the year went on, it kind of became entertaining, too. You know, you're playing with these guys every day. You know, you're practicing against these guys. You know, a lot of time you play scout teams, so you you uh, mimic what these other guys are doing, you know. So it was exciting for me. It was always exciting for me. Um, I unfortunately got hurt at the end of my red shirt year. So it kind of got weird towards the end, but redshirt year was very exciting for me, for real. Yeah, definitely. We'll get into that redshirt year. Did you get any insight from cornerback Trey Waynes, who was selected 11th in the 2015 draft, or safety Curtis Drummond? Um, Kurt was a big influence once we got into uh, camp our freshman year, especially uh, my one of my closest friends on the team, Vayante Copeland. He and Kurt had a special relationship because Kurt and R.J. Williamson had a special relationship. So he kind of took us under his wing right away. Trey ended up being my roommate freshman year. Oh, nice. Uh, camp. Yeah, so I learned a lot from him as far as, you know, learning the defense, you know, just seeing how he carried himself and, you know, how he studied film after we left film sessions and how he would try to get to meetings early. So he took a lot from those guys, and I appreciate all they did for me. Uh, that's great mentoring. Well, let's get into that magical season for Michigan State in 2015. You and the Spartans start the year fifth, ranked fifth in the nation, and you get your first big test in week two against seventh-ranked Oregon. You win, downing the Ducks 31-28, and you roll through the first half of the season with a 6-0 and record and head to the big house to take on in-state rival, the 12th-ranked Michigan Wolverines. What was the atmosphere like heading into that game? Oh, man, it was crazy. You know, we... I, I don't know if Michigan was undefeated, or I think we were they, both maybe undefeated at the time. Actually, the Spartans were undefeated, but Michigan had one loss coming into that game. Yep, and, you know, it was a big year for them. They had just got Harbaugh, you know, he was supposed to come and be the, the Lord and Savior and, you know, overall change everything. And from the year before, they definitely made a, a big progression and, you know, play, and, you know, it even ended up being a closer game. But it was just intense, man. That whole week leading up to that was, was super intense, as it always is. But it was just something different about the ride there and, you know, all the, the talk that was going on that year. It was just something different about that year. Oh, I bet. It's always a huge matchup. And we're speaking with Michigan State legend Jalen Watts Jackson, hero of one of the greatest plays in college football history. And it was the first time the Spartans had made an appearance at the Big House turf since 2012. And like you said, the first meeting with first-year head coach Jim Harbaugh, no scoring until uh, the second quarter, and you go into the half down 10-7. to 7. What did Coach D'Antonio say in the locker room at the half? Ah, oh, man, it's a little bit hard to, to kind of refresh what, what he said, but, you know, Coach D is always persistent. He always is telling us, you know, that the game isn't over no matter if we're down three or up 30. You know, he always wants us to finish the game, and I, I'm pretty sure he was pondering on that it isn't over, you know, we still got to fight to win the game, and you know, we all know how it turned out. Yeah, and fight you did. Your teams traded scores in the third and fourth quarters. Now with Michigan up 23-21, to 21, the Wolverines face a fourth and two at the Spartans' 47. Just 10 ticks left on the clock. What was your and the team's mindset prior to the punt attempt? 
Well, I would be lying to say that I went out there knowing, you know, we were going to block it and that we were going <laughs> to run it back, you know. So just seeing our older players, our older guys come off the field, just deflated, you know, some of them crying, you know, like this was the championship game. Sure. It just – I feel like it instilled into all of us that no matter – if this was the last play or if this play wasn't going to change anything, we were going to all go out and do our job, you know, at max effort. Um, so going out into the field, that's, that's kind of what I just had in my head. Like I'm going to make sure if this is the last video on film, I'm not going to be out here lollygagging like we already lost the game. And Grayson and Matt got off the ball really well and history from there. Yeah, exactly. History indeed. Blake O'Neill ends up bobbling the punt. What did you see while that play was in motion? Well, I had a rather bigger guy because I attacked the shield. So once I cleared him, honestly, like I, I remember running through the line. I saw him, you know, we ran into each other. And then once I cleared him, the ball was just floating in the air right next to me, honestly. Yeah, and your instincts take over. You catch the ball. Was there ever a point after you caught it that you thought about going out of bounds? As soon as I caught it, I was thinking like, all right, let me just get out of bounds. We kicked the field goal. You know, we back in the ball game. Yeah. But as I got the ball and once I got a couple steps going, I looked up and saw that I didn't have enough time to really make it to the sideline. So I just kept running. I was like, I got to score now. Yeah. Well, you follow the host of blockers, avoid Michigan quarter Wayne Lions and head for pay dirt. The play gives the Spartans the 27-23 victory to remain undefeated. Was that play like in slow motion? How were you looking at the clock like you were saying? That? So originally when the play was first all said and done, before I went and read all the comments and saw the video, I thought I only ran like 15 yards. So I, <laughs> I'm thinking like, all right, you know, it, it all happened so quick. But when, when I first got the ball, like, it kind of almost felt slow motion because I felt like I looked everybody in the eyes once I caught the ball and then Jermaine just started running and then I started running. I looked up at the clock and I was like, oh, crap, <laughs> we don't have any time. We got to do something. Yeah, you had to avoid that last tackle right at the end. Yeah, man. And once I got past the last tackle, I'm like, oh, my God, I made it this far. If I don't score, everybody's going to hate me. <laughs> <laughs> what do you remember, though, when uh, your teammates piled on you in the end zone? Well, before the whole piling up happened, my hip was already broke. So really, oh, okay. So that happened before. That happened on the tackle in the end zone. Yeah, when I got tackled, my knee like went into the ground, and my weight and Jake Butt's weight all fell on it, and it just kind of popped my hip right out of place. Mm. So as soon as I fell, I remember like throwing the ball. I just launched the ball, and I was face to face with like, ah, oh, man, I can't even like Jermaine. Uh, pretty much everybody that was on the punt return team, and I just remember yelling like, "My hip, my hip!" <laughs> and then before I knew it, before I knew it, it was like the whole team was on me. And then uh, I think it was Lawrence Thomas, LT. I looked at him, I was like, "Bro, please get him off of me! Please get him off of me!" They probably had so no idea at the time. Off. Yeah, it was like I self-diagnosed myself. Like even the trainer when he came over at first, I was like, "My hip is broke." He felt it. He's like, "No, nah, man, it doesn't feel broke." You're probably good. I'm like, no, listen, my hip is broke. <laughs> oh, yeah. you, you know when that happens, that's for sure. Yeah. Well, it was the play heard around the world, and we're speaking with Michigan State legend Jalen Watts-Jackson, hero of one of the greatest plays in college football history. And what was the celebration like after the game? Were you able to relish the moment? Uh, not, not really, man. With a broken I, hip, it's a little tough. Yeah, you know, I went straight to the hospital. Um, from there, my family came and visited me, but 
even then I was kind of worried about if I was going to ever be able to play football again at that point. Plus my, like my phone and everything was away from me. So I kind of just sat in the hospital for a few days until like I was able to leave. And once I got back to East Lansing, you know, everyone welcomed me back and, you know, it kind of started to feel more in the moment, but it was, man, it was, it was the strangest, the most bitter, sweet moment. <laughs> sure. No, definitely. Unfortunately, you have season ending surgery, but that play catapulted the team to the most successful season in program history, securing the Spartans their third Big Ten championship, a 12 and one record and helping them to Michigan State's first college football playoff berth. Were you able to enjoy the team's success and watching them go on to the college football playoff? Oh, yeah, definitely. I, I pretty much just treated it just like my red shirt year. You know, I took it as, you know, time to soak it all up in. You know, I didn't wasn't going to sit and feel sorry for myself or, you know, not be happy for the team just because I couldn't play. Like, I was fortunate to be such a uh, help to, you know, get us there. And I just I took it as I was just happy to see us doing well and happy for us to have the opportunity to be there. Sure, because with the loss, they wouldn't have made it definitely to the college football playoff. Uh, what was it like getting so much attention for that play? Uh, it was it was weird. You know, I'm I'm more of a homebody, you know, so I don't really I hear you. do too much. Yeah, like you know, I don't go out much, and you know, people always say like, I bet I bet you get free beers every time you go out. Like, mm, like, I'm like, not going anywhere. <laughs> right. <laughs> so it definitely was a little strange at first, but I always tell people like the greatest gift of the play. Is like it's something I can share with all the Spartan nation. Like they can always remember what they were doing, what they were wearing, who they were with, what they ate, just all types of random stuff from the night of that play. So it's always good to share the story with somebody and they tell me, you know, what they did and how it affected them. So Yeah, and the play won multiple awards too. And Jalen Watts Jackson. Backup defensive back, predominantly a special teams player, sophomore from Dearborn, Michigan. I'm sure there are a number of Spartan fans who had never heard of him. He is now a Michigan State legend and in the history books of this rivalry forever. Well, speaking of that Spartan nation, tell me about the fans in East Lansing. Uh, at first, when I first got back, you know, like I say, I was non-weight bearing for like three months. So like even class and stuff, I wasn't really so much in. But once I kind of came back, I would see like people would send me stuff like about their lectures and class and like one of their professors will mention me or like play the play. And, you know, wow. I'll see the commercials and stuff and people will send me pictures of the commercials and yeah, ESPN it, it, number one play. I mean, it was it was huge. Right. Yeah, it was all just it was all a lot to take in at the moment. Oh, I bet it was. And we'll get into Coach D'Antonio the Michigan State-Michigan rivalry, and more right after this. Welcome back. I'm Chris Smith, and my guest on the show today is Michigan State legend Jalen Watts-Jackson, hero of one of the greatest plays in college football history. Well, let's talk about your uh, head coach. What is something we don't know about Coach D'Antonio? Uh, as mean as he all, as he may look <laughs> on the sideline, you know, he, he has a good heart, and, you know, he always has everyone's best interest in mind you know as i'm sure people can imagine you know seeing the people who come back to speak so highly of them and say great things of them but man you look at him on the sideline or you know if the game ain't going too well you look like a lion on the sideline <laughs> you want to stay away right exactly and how special is that michigan state michigan rivalry oh man it's, it's something like no other i feel like we can be 
on our way to go to the national championship and it wouldn't be as intense as Michigan, Michigan State week. I, it's workouts, uh, training table, practice, film, meetings, no matter what aspect you are in of, of Michigan week, it's all intense, you know, and it's all in. pinpoint focus. So it, it's definitely something like no other. Well, besides Michigan, what's the other favorite rival to face, the one you circle when that schedule comes out? Oh, well, you know, it's always good to play, uh, like, you know, your Ohio State and, you know, your Penn State. But honestly, the the Big Ten is getting so stacked now with, you know, players. Like, I feel like it's just a competitive uh, conference, and it's kind of like every game coming up is like a rivalry. Oh, we got Northwestern. Oh, we got Indiana. It's always history because we've been playing in this conference for so long. I like that. Every game is a big game in that conference. And we have on the show Michigan State legend Jalen Watch Jackson. And in talking with former players, I've heard I didn't appreciate the accomplishments in that moment. Is that true? Do you look back more fondly on it than when you were living it that day? Oh, uh, like just you saying like as far as all of our, all every season I was a everything. Part of. Now, now that you're out of football, you ever want to grab a helmet? And you're just like, oh, you know. Oh man, you know it's easy to get nostalgic when you, you used to play. You know, every every game, let it be a close game. You know. I'll go from watching it nice and calm to watching it with my shirt off, yelling at the TV. So, you know, it's, <laughs> you don't you don't really lose I do your that, too. And I didn't play. <laughs> <laughs> you don't really lose your competitive edge. And I, I would say any football player who doesn't think about the times being on that field is, you know, as a great time. You know, I, I think everyone does. I can only imagine. All right. It's time to go. Ready for this? Three and out. It's time to go three and out with Michigan State legend Jalen Watch Jackson. Three lighter questions to close out the interview. All right, first off, do you keep in touch with any former Spartan players or coaches? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, I still talk to pretty much everyone I spoke to here. Uh, I just was texting Kari the other day or today. Uh, I still live with Tyson. He was one of my teammates there. Nice. Still talking. Yeah, I, I pretty much still talk to everyone. That's fantastic. And secondly, what non-football activities do you enjoy? I, I know you played some hoops in high school. I do still enjoy playing basketball. Like I say, the competitive nature does not go away. So I always try to get up in the gym and play some basketball. Um, I like to cook. Oh, really? What's what's your dish? Uh, I'm I'm usually like a... What's the Jalen Watch Jackson special? See, that's what I was going to say. I really don't got no special. It's like... What you got a taste for, and then I just got to go in there and whip it up, put it all together for you. Nice. Sounds good. Yeah. Sounds good. And you also did some mentoring for youth football players. How gratifying was that? Oh, it's always good to give back to the youth, you know, especially guys that look up to you um, and hold you at uh, a stature that, you know, you have no choice but to be a, a, a better guy, you know, and you always want to teach on good things to the youth. I actually, um, man, hope to one day be – I did a little coaching at my high school – and, man, even that experience was like, man, I loved it, you know. So I hope to get into a little bit of coaching, rather it be, you know, uh, high school again or whatever the case may be. But I love getting back to you. It's always a good time. That's fantastic to hear. And molding the new generation, that's that's a good thing. And yeah. finally, I'm a foodie. So what would be one legendary place and meal in East Lansing? Not that you're going to be cooking. The few times that you would go out and go out, what would be, uh, what's what's the one place you would direct me to if I'm in East Lansing around the campus? Oh, man. 
I'm greedy too, so I really got a couple of places. Okay, you get, give me a couple. Look, I like to hit man, a couple spots. I, I eat, I eat a little bit of Hopcat. Uh, I eat some No Tie. It's a nice spot called Green Dot Stables. It used to be the old uh, Whiskey Barrel, and they had pretty good stuff there. Oh man, they got a, a good amount of couple of wing spots around here now. But you know, you got to do the East Side Fish Fry. Oh. Like I said, I'm greedy, man. You got me out here trying to tell everybody I eat all this stuff every day. <laughs> <laughs> if you're not cooking, that sounds like some good places to head. Well, yeah. we've been speaking with Michigan State legend Jalen Watts Jackson, hero of one of the greatest plays in college football history. Thanks for joining me, Jalen. Oh, thanks for having me. Appreciate it. Thanks for listening to the Believe in College Football Legends podcast. Make sure to check out all the prior episodes with Heisman winners, legendary coaches, and sports personalities reliving the greatest plays. You can tweet your questions at the Sports Jesus and join us next week because it will be legendary.